Hi there, I'm Chris James. And I'm Danny Gregory. And you're ready for another episode of the DCOM Duo. This week, we took to both the classroom and the hockey field, or the ice hockey field. Is it a field? No, what it's a it? rink. It's a rink. I, <laughs> yes, I played so much hockey in uh, my life, but with Genius. Genius, uh, I never even really knew this was a movie. I remember it, but I, I didn't watch it. So I think we need all. to kind of give uh, everybody here a little synopsis on what Genius is about. So, on Amazon, it says, a teen physics genius enrolls in college. That is a very bad description of this movie. I think there's so much more that happens in it, and so much more going on than what is There's being... a lot going on. It's actually, it's pretty, a pretty delightful movie, though, which is kind of um, surprising. I know. How did this... Here, I, I found a better, a better... Okay, good. It says, Charlie Boyle finds that even his high IQ can't solve all his problems when he takes on a double life in order to make friends his own age. So, to kind of expand on that, kid is um, 13. I did the math. Five years, yeah. Five years, yeah. Uh, 13, and he's a super genius. And he gets into every school he wants, but chooses to go to Wisconsin because of this famed scientist. And so, he's a 13-year-old in college, can't fit in. And he finds this girl that he likes, and so he enrolls in junior high as well, but when he's in junior high, he's not Charlie Boyle, he's Chaz. Chaz Anthony, the cool kid. and He really does pull off the cool kid pretty well. Yeah, he pulled off both. He was a wonderful little actor. Oh, like, can we talk about him? Just um, very present, very, like... I don't know. He he was very involved throughout the movie. Um, His name is Trevor Morgan. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. I hope he went places because this is also, um, I was just re-listening to our Can of Worms podcast, and this is what I really wanted Mike Pillsbury to be like. Or this is why this movie succeeds so much more than that film, because rather than being someone who's super smart but socially awkward. He's a genuinely really nice kid who's also really smart. He just can't figure out how to properly communicate. He's not confident enough. I think his whole problem is he doesn't have the confidence to, you know, really be himself around people his own age, people above his age. He just hasn't found his niche, but he always is trying. That's what I really appreciated about him. Yeah, I think, too, um, he wasn't aware of, like, how he needed to separate his intelligence from, like, his social skills, and he was, because he was so much smarter than everyone else, like, it was hard for people to relate to him, and I think because he created that persona, he was able to be like, oh, I don't always have to be talking about science. I can put that away. Yeah. My first note, because he's actually introduced playing hockey, which I think is really interesting, because you don't just have to be a nerd. Like, that isn't your whole life. Like, he was really into hockey. He was kind of a jock in that way. Like, yeah. 
I like how multifaceted he is. He, uh, you know, he reminds me a little bit of myself. I love when people <laughs> just get really excited about something. They talk about it a lot, and they keep talking, and they keep talking, and they don't realize that they've, like, lost everyone. That's like, true. Like, five miles back. <laughs> he just likes to smile and talk. He just wanted to talk to that girl on the bench about sciencey things. He's your spirit animal, Chris. He is. I love... <laughs> Small, fast-talking people who always wear a smile on their face. Yeah, he was adorable. That sounds like a dating app uh, <laughs> little slogan, and I will use it. Hello, listeners. If you want someone short, peppy, and who can talk a lot. Oh, my God. I'm your man. It's Chris. Um, you know what was interesting about this movie was that because I I didn't really watch it as a kid, I finally was like, oh, they look really young to me. Like... Yeah. In the other movies, I was still like, oh, he's really cute when he was, like, 13. But in this one, I'm like, oh, my God, he's such a baby. Well, in this one, I was more just like, can I have you as a son? Is this, can I pick my children? And if so, I want them to be just, I want them to be really obsessive about something. Like, not OCD obsessive, but just, like, really, really interesting. there's a good chance that your children will be like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also really liked his dad. Speaking of wanting him to be a child. You didn't like his dad? See, in theory, yes. I like his dad. I like all parents that are just proud of their kids and happy and good. You know how sometimes um, Disney does this? I feel like Nickelodeon was almost worse. Where the adults are just so cartoony. They just like to dance a lot and just yeah. kind of be over the top. That's and true. it just feels too pandering. I felt like... For as much as I really loved um, Charlie and this movie, I felt like none of the adults really clicked into the world well. I feel like they are all a little too over the top, even for, like, Disney Channel original Interesting, movie Interesting, I get that. Definitely, like, the dean of the school and, like... I mean, how did you feel about Dr. Crickstein, whatever his name was? Oh, you mean, um... I don't know. He's... I wasn't too much of a fan of... His just because I don't know, I didn't really buy the whole scientist thing. He just kind of seemed like a really excited day camp counselor oh who my God. didn't, who no one told him he aged out of the program. <laughs> like that's what he felt like to me. So I didn't buy because I bought everything about um, you know Charlie being smart, but him also being able to like moonlight as Chad. I think. That was what was really impressive about the movie, mm-hmm. is I believed both of his alter egos. That's true. And there was still, like, the same person um, underneath. Like, when they're playing, when him as Chaz is playing mm-hmm. uh, ice hockey outside, and he sits it out so that the nerdy kid who's sitting on the bench yeah. can play. Like, there are certain, he doesn't change all about himself. Yeah. And I think what's nice about this is he always did have, like, that Chaz inside of him. It wasn't that it was bad of him to, you know, be more cool talking and stuff. Mm-hmm. What was bad is that he was, like, dumbing himself down for a girl. He was Katie Herring himself. Who? Ka- Katie from um, Mean Girls. Oh. He, he was Katie Herring. Or Katie Herring. Yep. Yeah. You guys, don't fault me. Don't fault me. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I I agree. He was he was great. Um, I had a little bit of trouble believing that... I think the whole science world in general was cartoony. It had this very, like, back-to-the-future type feel of, like, my flux capacitor, like, the graviton machine. Like, it just was like, this isn't real. It's, like, over-the-top science. I don't think, yeah, I don't think they explained it well, but I do, 
at, at least we'll say it's consistent because they were like, you know, we want to find this graviton thing yeah, and no, it'll control true. gravity. So they kept with that. And it was but a I, simple enough premise. Like, yeah. it'll control gravity. Okay. Yeah, like, I, I, I can roll with that. I think that's just why I felt like the scientist, you know, didn't really work for me because it didn't seem like a real science. Like, that added to the whole cartoony aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I was just like, this would never happen. They would never allow a 13-year-old to go to college and teach classes. It's just so socially uncomfortable. He can't drink. He can't sleep with anyone. What's he going to do when his roommate comes back with a girl? Like, I had so many questions. And that roommate is going to come home with a girl almost every 10 That minutes. roommate. Like, all, um, what did I, yeah, I said, hockey jock can um, rumson rack me any day. <laughs> and I stand by that. Oh my goodness. I'm down. <laughs> like, but real talk. He was gorgeous. He does not belong in a G-rated movie. No, no. And you said that during the movie, too. He was Because it's the truth. He was a beautiful hunk of a man. I know. That's the thing. Like, there's so many ways this movie could have gone. And if I had to fault the movie for one thing, I felt there was almost too many elements. And I was interested in them all. But the whole idea of, like, a 13-year-old going to college... For, like, a kid's movie, that's pretty fun. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I was kind of missing the college atmosphere when he was in junior high. That's true. I wonder if Smart Guy... You remember Smart Guy, the TV show? No. No? Um, It was with Taj Maori. It's the same concept. Okay. Taj Maori is, like, a 13-year-old who goes to college. He might have even been younger. Um, I wonder which one came out first, this or Smart Guy. Yeah. I, I, almost, I almost feel like... Smart guy would have come first because, like, I had never even really heard of this movie, and it's really quite delightful, and that makes me sad. But I think it that's probably because it suffered from something like it was too similar to another property or whatnot. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, I remember it being on TV several times, and I was always just like, oh, I'm not watching that. And I don't know why. Um, I don't have a good reason why. So I think doing this podcast, you and me have kind of realized you know, I guess our pet issues with uh-huh. Disney movies, like, um, you're always about, like, okay, are the parents good? Are kids yeah, saving the world? Yeah, that's true. I'm starting to realize, I think, one of my pet issues mm-hmm. is, can I believe the bully? And <laughs> You do. You, you always talk um, about the bully. And that's, this has, technically, I will say, the best bully, because not just because that man is gorgeous and whatnot, but, you know, so the kid, he's super excited, goes to the hockey rink, um, and finds out that, um, you know, he's having to share the space with the hockey team, and they're not, um, his scientists is going to have to share the space yeah. with the hockey team, and they're not that excited about it. But also, the dean's valuing science more than the athletics, and they're going to get cut funding um, to him. The coach might lose his job. Like, I understand why you'd be kind of peeved at this kid and he's yeah. 13 and he has to be your roommate i would be annoyed that 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 was really over the top to me they would never make that kid share a room with a with like an 18 year old or he wasn't even a freshman that guy had been there a couple years i know why is he rooming with a freshman i don't know why is he rooming with his teacher like let's talk about that there were a lot of problems there but i really wanted to see it progress because i called it and yeah. it was because i wanted it to happen i was like oh my god they're roommates. They're going to learn from each other, and yes. then they're going to be friends, and I'm going to be so on board. Guess what, guys? That happened, and I was <laughs> so on board with it. 
it was it was a lovely little moment. I'm just real. I love movies where atypical roommates are put together and they're forced to learn about each like other. Like Monsters University. No. Okay. Not like that. <laughs> um, I think the Citizen Kane of this subgenre of films, and actually a movie that I think er- learns a lot from this one, is She's the Man. <laughs> this movie is the brainiac version of She's the Man. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. There's a lot of, um, a lot mistaken of dual worlds. identity. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, ah, uh, no. I just... This was um, such a pleasant surprise on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> it was. Show it to your children, people. They'll enjoy it. Um, um, Emmy Rossum. Let's talk about her. So, um, I wrote fierce a lot next to Emmy Rossum. Fierce earmuffs, fierce sweater, fierce <laughs> everything. I, should we do her first and then go to the fashion report? Yes. Okay. So, um, first off, like, you know, I don't want to beat on a broken drum, but like, I think Claire's a really great character, but it's interesting that she is the literal only woman in this entire movie. Yeah. Like, there's not even any Literally. mothers. That's true. It's really sad, but, you know, if you're going to have one woman make her really good. I like, and, she like rolls over the junior high boys. Yeah. She, Literally rolls over them. She effortlessly does it, and she knows she's doing it. Yeah. She is very conscious and aware and I wonder if, if she just like, well, my dad's a hockey coach. And so they're all just like, okay, let me fall at your feet. Danny, do you remember being in junior high? She got boobs. That's why they're all <laughs> running around her. Like, yeah, she was a lot taller than all of them. Like, she hit puberty before everyone else. That's what happened. That's just how it works. And she was just like, well, okay. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. I went, I'm reminding you, I went to all-girls school. Oh, see, yeah. She doesn't know. I don't know. Um, but... You know, I thought it was interesting. So he's, um, Chaz mm-hmm. is dumbing himself down because he keeps thinking that all girls like bad boys. She really dislikes him. And, um, you know, she's got her hockey or her ice skating. She used to do hockey. Now she does ice skating. And uh, she's really smart. I think she's got so many different facets of her personality and of her goals. That's that true. I really liked, and it wasn't until she saw that this boy was more in line with, you know, things that she was passionate about that she started to entertain the idea that there could be a romantic relationship. But it never felt, I never felt like she was a trophy to be won. I feel like he was always, like, trying to get her to legitimately like him. Yeah. Which is true. nice. And she, you know, had legitimate goals and aspirations. She had one hell of a theatrical model. Oh my god. So, Emmy Rossum in this movie is so theatrical. You can just tell that she was that child that everybody else, like, hated because she was, like, a little mini adult, and I'm sure she was, like, some actress kid, and that everyone who knew her was like, I hate her. She is so annoying because she is a little theatrical princess. But we love you, Emmy. Yeah, and look where your career is. You're doing great. Um... But she was just so interesting to watch. You were just like, wow, like, you're not... And I think it fit with Charlie because you could tell that she wasn't a normal kid. Like, you were yeah. like, she's really intelligent and, like, secure in herself, even though... She really was yeah, secure in she herself. She was. She was. Like, so. she didn't really have an identity crisis or whatnot. Yeah. She... I mean, her biggest identity crisis was she wanted to be a goalie, and then she saw her mom 
um, figure skating, she thought she changed her course there, but that's about the biggest identity crisis this girl had. Yeah, so I think they were a great match. I really do, too. I think they were together on so many different points. And they challenged each other. They really did challenge each other. I really hopefully co-signed this this (laughs) union. It's it's wonderful. It is. I approve. So now we're going to go into her fashion. Okay. So... (laughs) Um, I mean, there's a lot of fashion in this movie in general that needs to be talked about. Yes. More so than in other films, I think. I, I don't know. Re- this is a really big fashion. I, any movie with um, dual lives is going to have a lot of fashion That's to talk true. about. That's so, true. So um, let me just get Emmy out of the way because just fierce everything. Everything she wore was wonderful. Yes. Agreed. Pink. She had like that bright pink sweater that was all fuzzy. I like the fuzzy like, bright pink sweater. Oh my goodness. But also like she had a lot of like coats on and whatnot mm-hmm. that were like white or black or like yeah. checkered. Like she was very fashion forward. I liked, I wouldn't say it was like always girly, but she was definitely feminine and allowed to be feminine in a powerful yes. way with her clothing. Yes, I agree. And it also just, like, she has such a tall, long, skinny ballerina body, and it was, like, they dressed her appropriately for that. And for her age. You did good. Uh You did good. Um, So, who dresses better, Charlie or Chaz? Ooh. Ooh. I mean, I don't like how Chaz dresses. I don't either. I thought (laughs) Charlie... um, so when he's, one of his first scenes, when he's on that bench and waiting to play in the street, uh, street hockey, he has on this super expensive looking, like, peacoat jacket and a wonderful scarf. I'm sorry, Charlie was doing well in the fashion department. <laughs> I thought he, at one point, wasn't he wearing, like, a fancy private school uniform? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. And I'm really into that because that was all I had in my life as a child was to love the boys in the fancy private school uniforms. Um, so I was, I, I think I'm more about that look. His Chaz look, I did not like that big coat he wore and the stupid ass sunglasses. So it's really funny because when it went through the um, montage of him changing his clothes, I went through, I think there's a point in everyone's life when they start stop going from being dressed to dressing themselves. Mm-hmm. And when I saw him starting to dress himself as Chaz, I was like, oh, this reminds me so much of when I walked into Quicksilver for the first time. Oh, my god! And I was like, this is how I'm going to dress. Oh, my God. I this shopped at Quicksilver, I too. Um, I loved Quicksilver. There was one specific look that I can tell you for a fact when it got cold and I wanted to think that I looked cool, I did this. The long sleeve t shirt underneath the um, oh, yes. collared shirt. We all I did it. Did that so hard. And those sunglasses, I wanted those sunglasses. I don't think I ever got no, I did get them. Uh yeah, I tried to look like Chaz. I think it's really interesting how sunglass fashion even goes through a phase because it was like the nineties, you had like these really small sunglasses. And then we went through that huge sunglasses phase where you needed like bug eyes. And I'm not now we're more like Aviators yep. and like smaller Honestly, again. Chaz's um, sunglasses made him look like he had cataracts. Oh my god, <laughs> they were bad. Oh, Chaz. Um. Also, okay, 
the the thing that was really bothering me was his friend's outfit. That that horrible oh, fishing hat. The fishing hat. I've never worn a fishing yeah. hat. Never will. And I, I think I may have had one. I remember it was like red checkers. Who actually. Are you? Um, my mother bought it for me. But I'm just, like, really embarrassed by it. Like, I'm like, how was that a trend? How was that a trend? I don't. So ugly. I don't know. But, you know, I feel like I'm using this word a lot to describe this movie. His transition to Chaz Anthony is wonderful. Just wonderful. Wonderful yeah, fashion. It was wonderful. Wonderful integral fashion, I will say. Yes. Yes. Anyone um, else have any, was there any other fashion to talk about? Except for, um, roommate hunky... No, roommate hunky man didn't need to wear anything. Yeah, it was always really upsetting that he had a shirt on. I know. He wore a lot of, like, off-brand Under Armour. I I needed him to, like, just be wearing Under Armour. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't... He doesn't need any armor underneath. I know. Oh, he was beautiful. Anyway, um... So I want to talk about, um, we talked about how we think that, um, Charlie, I almost said Chaz, they're the C names, uh, Charlie and Claire are pretty close to each other, um, are pretty good for each other. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest declaration of love, when he got her the new Backstreet Boys CD. Oh my goodness! That is the most 90s thing, but that is love. That is the way to my heart. Again, I'm like... He was like, are people listening to this? And it was one of those things, too, like, I you, you forget now that we can just have whatever song we want in a snap of a finger. But I remember when a new album would come out, sometimes I'd be like, Mom, can you take me to the store? Please, can we go to Specs? That's where we, like, bought our... Specs? You know, Specs? Oh, Specs no. or FYE, whatever. Hit Tower Records. Okay. Well, anyway, we would go to this place called Specs. And I'd be like, Mom, we have to go get the new album. Please, please, please. And she'd be like, we can't go today, honey. And it would, like, take a couple days, and I would be really annoyed. So if a boy brought me a CD that I wanted, I would probably be really happy. Panty dropper. Instant. Instant. What would you do now, though, if a man, like, brought you a CD? Like, I I would be confused. I feel like, do you expect me to listen to it right now? (laughs) I know. Well, also, like, what would, like, okay... I'm trying to think of, like, an equivalent. So if they got me, like... I feel like if they got me a CD for something I liked, um, like the new Keith Urban album, if someone brought me that, I'd be like, do I, brah? Already rocking out. John Cougar, John Deere, John 316. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no. And they'd be like, oh, did I waste my money? And I'd be like, yeah, brah. Oh, my God. I yeah. hope men don't bring women CDs anymore, but if, if you're in the 90s... Then... What is your position on mixtapes? Oh, um, I was talking to a guy recently, actually, and he was like, never make a man a mixtape. You'll ruin all the songs for him. Um, but I, I have made a lot of mixtapes for like friends and stuff where we share music. Um, and for my little cousin, Jonah, I was like, Jonah, I'm going to make sure that you're raised on the music I like. So I like make him little mixtapes that are appropriate for him. I remember me and, uh, I used to make mixtapes for a couple girls. Oh, I did. I did. Um, and, you know, you write on Sharpie on the um, CDs, decorate and stuff. I guess that's nice. They'd make it back. And it would, I found myself skipping a lot of songs. Like, some I really liked. <laughs> that's true. And others I was like, I don't know. Music discovery is cool. But also, like, I feel like I know. 
You, you I'm, know what you I, like. I'm, I'm sounding really awful. If you have any song recommendations for me, let me know. I'll pretend that I'm going to listen to them <laughs> and then maybe listen to one song and then I'll just go back to singing Taylor Swift with Danny. That's true. But, okay, that... I was going to say, this is what I like about Spotify. Taylor Swift's not on Spotify. But I like being able to see what other people are playing on there. So I'm like, oh, what is that? And I click oh, on I it. Oh, I don't do that. Oh, I listen to it. I do all the time. Well, I also, so. Do you do that to me? No, you listen to a lot of country music. But um, my, if you guys are listening, perhaps you have seen my little YouTube show called Sister Society. Um, if not, go look it up and enjoy. I apologize for the sound quality. Um, but my sister and I interviewed these two really cool sisters named Janelle and Kristen Blanford, and they are really into music and have really great taste. And when we interviewed them, they were like, um, here's some songs you should listen to. So I ended up following them on Spotify. I've been following them like since that interview and I get so much music from them. I think they have such great taste and like, I just love that I can, like, I, it's not like I That's talk good. to them regularly, but I like that I can, like, hear their music. That's perfect. Um, so, I want to talk, another thing I really liked about this movie, it was just funny. It was. There were like, so many good lines. The in, invalid nun joke oh just my God. killed me. Oh, just I, absolutely slick. I like any nun jokes. I'm obsessed with nuns. I will... I will take any non-joke. Wait, can we do an audio commentary of Sister Act? Oh, I'd be so down. Oh my god. So down. Oh, yes. Guys, we're going to do that at some point. Remind us. I also, so I have a, a ranking of the best nanny movies ever. If you guys don't know, my alter ego is Danny the Nanny. Um, I think I should also create a list of the best nun movies ever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, can we collaborate on that? We totally can. Um, so I'm trying to think outside of Sister Act, like it's Doubt. It's Sound of Music, Doubt. Oh, sound, sound of Music's great. I love Doubt, though. Doubt is a good one. Um, good what one. other? I also loved, um, so I'm an Oscar nerd, guys, in case you haven't already picked <laughs> up on this. But if you ever want to go back and watch a great old Oscar ceremony, granted it's not an old Oscar ceremony, it's a new one. But um, the 2008 Oscars are a joy to watch. Was because, there a nun there? Yes. Because um, instead of just having last year's winner of the opposite gender present the award for um, acting, uh -huh. they brought out five winners, one for each nominee for each of the acting categories, and each previous winner would say something nice. So I remember that year. But they tried to pair them, um, like the presenter, with the nominee, so someone kind of relevant to their career or character. Mm -hmm. And Amy Adams was up for doubt. And who do they pair her with? Which Oscar winner? They pair her with Whoopi Goldberg. And the yes! first thing out of Whoopi's mouth is, it's not easy being a nun. Oh my Amy, goodness. you get me. And I'm like, oh my god, Amy gets Whoopi. <laughs> <laughs> that is wonderful. I wish Whoopi and I had that bond. I know. I wish I did too. With yeah. Whoopi. Oh. Also, guys, I'm going to throw this out here. My favorite Whoopi Goldberg performance. I mean, there are a lot, and they're wonderful. Um, but my favorite was on Tori Spelling's short-lived but critically acclaimed <laughs> TV show, um, So Notorious, Whoopi Goldberg plays a, like, Santeria doing witch who throws chicken blood on Tori Spelling. It's based on a true story. I highly recommend you watch this episode. Wait, I want to watch this like 
yesterday. Okay, I, I have that, it on DVD. I will bring it to your house because I love Tori Spelling that much. Oh my gosh. But just other little things. Um, like there was one uh, right before he meets his roommate. Uh, the uh, scientist said, oh, did you talk to your roommate? And I was like, yeah, he's really nice. He said, left side's mine. So does it for me. Uh, see you later, dude. And he's like, oh, well, why is that nice? And then the kid just gets really perked up, and he says, because he called me dude. Aww. I awed so audibly during that, because that's what's so great about this character, is he's just someone that really wants to be social and have a good life and um, meet and excel with other people. That's what makes him such an endearing person, and both Charlie and Chaz are like that. I want to be his nanny. I want him to be my son. <laughs> I would have called him dude. I call all my littles dude, whether they like it or not. I liked to be called dude. It me made too. me feel like I was a part of something. Oh, well, it made Charlie feel that way too. So, I mean, I guess that kind of leads into slang. I mean, I get the whole, like, there's a good bit of slang in this There one. was. There like, was. Like, saying yo all the yeah. time. There was a whole line he said that I was like, oh, no, I would say that now. But I, I can't remember what it was. I feel um, like just Chaz was such a product of the, the moment. Yeah, yeah. 1999, and, y'all. But also, like, it was a lot of what I would almost consider, like, 2000, 2001. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it was very much kind of like how Everybody Wants Some is part 70s, part 80s yeah, movie. That's because true. it's in that transition. I feel like Genius is part 90s, part millennium. Yes, yes. It's a wonderful hybrid. With terrible fashion. Terrible fashion. Although I remember thinking it was so good and so cool. I know. We all do. We yeah. all remember that. God, what are we going to look back on what we're wearing today and be like, why did we do that? I hope not. I love this whole hipster trend. I'm just... I do too. I'm just skinny jeans. I'm all about it. Like, man buns. Man buns. I mean, the man buns are going out of style, but I'm all about the hipster look. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, so we have any other pieces of slang that we need to cover? Um, no. Yo. 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 I'm going to start like walking up to you and going, yo. Oh my God. I still say that sometimes though. I've gotten really into, you know, when you make fun of something so much, it becomes a part of you. Yeah. I do that with bro culture now and it's wonderful. Oh. Yeah, bruh. Okay, you know what's weird that I that I realized recently? Like, sometimes it's hard for me to get rid of these 2000s things. Like, people are like, why do you say that? Like, I had somebody who was like, why would you still say LOL? Like, I don't say it out loud. but Wait, I, I do. Oh, you do? I, like, type it in text, and I'm like... Wait, that's not a thing anymore? Apparently not. I don't know. I do it in emails sometime. I have no idea. Maybe we should look into it further. No, no. I don't think the kids are doing it. I don't like what the kids are doing. I don't like this new generation coming up. I'm oh, just dear. Gonna, actually, that's not true. You guys are wonderful, and you might be listening. <laughs> don't but, become so cranky, old man. I know. you. I'm starting to feel old, you guys. I'm about to get close to my quarter-life crisis. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. We're all getting there. I'll get there first, though. I know. Um, You're older. You'll always be my old friend. Oh, God. Um, I also recently... I, I, you know, I've been I've been texting some boys, you know. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was remembering being in high school texting boys and how my grammar was always like 
so proper and beautiful and like nice and I would talk to him and be like how are you today like stuff like that and boys would be like sup yo like in the 2000s and that's how it would be and I was always like am I too like is my grammar too good like do I need to tone it down but don't now, you dare tone yourself down for a man that's true but now I feel like I don't know if it's just that we're adults but for the most part if I were to text a guy and he would to like Write me with the letter U instead of typing out U. I do that. You do? No, you yeah. don't. When is that ever in one of your text messages? I, th- I feel like I do. I would be more I, concerned about it. But see, here's the thing. I think it's less about... No, I mean it is about grammar. It's less about the abbreviations and stuff that you use. No, you type and, like a real human. No, but also like... <laughs> all, all of our texts are just pictures of people. Are there pictures of cute boys as we're going through it? Anyway, um, but, um, but we're... Okay, World, we're still single right now, so you have a, a short window to try I to fit yourself into. Um, we were hanging out last night, and I was trying to advise Danny on things, and I was like, Danny, you should listen to me. I one time got to fourth, <laughs> to a fourth date. Oh, the world we live in now, guys. It's hard to get to a fourth date. It is. You guys, we're gems. Don't you love us? <laughs> Somebody love us. Somebody love us. If not... We love each other. Well, we have, um, you've heard it here first, everyone. Oh, dear. Me and Danny will be getting married at age 40 if we're both single. We have my best friends wedding each other. Uh, yeah. Mostly, I'm just doing it because I want Susan to be my mother-in-law, but... It's fine. Okay. It's okay. fine. I, that will that will happen. Well, <laughs> and also because you know I will be the best groom at a wedding. Y- yes. This is true. Sound a little more convinced. <laughs> I just hope I get married before then. <laughs> I do too, but I'm trying to sound happy about our other okay. life. Okay. Anyway, back to our story. Um, speaking of other lives, let's let's take it to where are these characters now? Oh my gosh. Well, of course, um, we know that Charlie has won at least one Nobel Prize. Oh yes. Like he at this point. Very smart. He's, he's defied gravity. Why they did not, I know. Because <laughs> the song did not exist. I know it did not, but I'm just... Ugh, it makes me angry that they had such a window to start belting defying grab. Wow, I am just like really gaining myself out right now. <laughs> I mean, they did have a window to do it, and they did not. Anyway, it, it didn't exist. It's fine. It's fine. But um, no, he's. I think he's almost like not that he's like this person in personality, but I feel like he's like a Steve Jobs type person. Yeah, where he's the head of like this really great tech company. And he's giving a lot of, you know, big addresses and speeches. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's done, I feel like once commencement season comes around, oh. he is all over the place. Um, but his future is pretty easy as he mapped out. He's already five years ahead of everyone yeah. else. So, I like, mean, he's like retired by now. I think he is. Yeah. Um, but what I... I don't know. I feel like he's like one of those semi-retired people because he loves physics yeah. and science so much. Like he's never fully gonna be. I down. think he has his own personal hockey rink, like on his property. Oh, he definitely does. Uh, another one of the best lines. He did such good line readings because he was just he like. Did he was the ho- he's like the science lab is right underneath the hockey rink. Two of my favorite things are in the same building. Oh, and I was like that. Yeah. Yes. He, he yes, was kid. An adorable little actor. Now everything. Again, another soapbox moment. Every person listening, find something you love. Like, yes, loving something just radiates from you. Be Aww. that person. Be that person, guys. <laughs> um, 
But where do we think Claire is now? I personally do think that they're still together. Really? Since middle school? Oh, not, since, not, not since middle school. Here's what I think happened. I want them to be that couple that's been together since middle school. I think they definitely took a break. Okay. Like, maybe around when she went to college. I think it's one of those, if you love it, you set it free, and it will come back to you. Uh-huh. And I think it was good for them to have maybe a couple years apart. But then they came together, and I think they have a healthy relationship because... I feel like she's doing her own thing outside of his company and his dreams. Mm-hmm. And they both, they're the type of couple to not spend the day together and then they'll come home for dinner and they'll be like, so legitimately, like, what did you do today? That's like, tell true. me about your day. They kind of remind me of, I don't know if you met them last week at the event I took you to on Monday, but there's this couple that they met in seventh grade. I was like, how did you meet? And she was like, he's my seventh grade sweetheart and he now works at Tesla. Oh my God. And... Hook them young. Yeah. And they're both gorgeous. Like, I think that that is the future of Claire and Charlie. It's always really weird to me when really attractive people are, like, hitched so soon. (laughs) You're like, didn't you want to test it out a little longer? It's kind of just like having uh, a Ferrari in your um, garage but, like, never really taking it out for a spin. Don't you just want to, like, go to a bar and be like, hey... No, but you know what I think is more interesting about that is that both of them at such a young age were like, you're going to be cute. Like, I'm sure that's not what they oh. were thinking, but like... Oh, you, no, that's what they were thinking. I mean, yeah. You you got them early. Like, you you got it before anyone else could. Good for you. But I'm trying to think of, like, people in my life who were uh, attractive looking at that age that didn't end up attractive. Yeah. So I feel like... I know definitely a lot of people who've improved their looks dramatically, mm-hmm. but I haven't, don't really know some who haven't. And if they have, it's more just like they got lazy and <laughs> drunk and fat rather than like they just started looking at bad. True. For that the most part, sense. people's look, well, you go through, a, you peak, you get to your 20s and you'll probably look better, but then you're probably going to look worse again. So I'm banking on my 30s being a good decade for me. I hope so. I hope so. Oh, my gosh. But, um, so, what, like, specifically is Claire doing for work? Hmm. I mean, she's very intelligent. Like, she could do anything. Yeah. I'm trying Um, to, like, I just want to know, like, what part of science really drove her. Because I feel like, even as much as she loves her husband and all this stuff, like, she's on her own. Yeah. Um, Wavelength. But there, yeah, there's just so much she could have done. Do you um, think they have kids? I think they would both be good parents. Yeah, I think they yeah. have kids. I feel like they were one of those couples that got married young, but then they like waited, waited a while to have kids. That makes sense. I'm loving this little story right now. Oh my god. Makes this makes my heart really happy. This movie gave us the number one decom couple. Yes, Better than Xenon and Greg, guys. Well, yeah, because Greg's not that great. No. Like, Xenon's amazing. Yeah. But I'm still sticking to, and I predict the single mother killing it. That is Xenon, and I will stand I will stand on that mountain, guys. And uh, Chris uh, predicted correctly, because Kirsten Storms just got a big divorce. But, um... Kirsten, we love you. you we love you. You go, girl. You're gonna kill it at the single mom game. I believe in you and wholeheartedly. And yourself someone better. I think you will. Yeah. Love is not over for you, Kirsten. No. I want you to hear. You guys, we're in a very short window where me, Danny, and Kirsten Storm are all single. <laughs> why are you not? Why is no one just jumping right now? 
I don't know. I'm I'm gonna pass on that one. Um, <laughs> um yeah. What other? I mean, the scientist. I, I don't, I don't care, care where he is. Where do we think that Mike wait, is? Oh, wait, where do we think um is Mike the roommate? Yeah. Okay, I don't know people's names. What did you want me to call him? Hot roommate. Where is I, the hot roommate? I, Chris? I, I call him Under Armour model. Okay, Under Armour model. Um, I think. Is he, so, is he, like, moving around cheese? No. No, no, no. So, this is going to sound really awful, but, like, you know those people in college who are really attractive, but, like, not super smart, but, yeah. you know, they, like, got good jobs after. I feel like he did something in almost, like, sales. Like, he worked, or, like, finance or something like that. The jobs that all the boring people get. No offense if you're listening to no, this. No, 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 no. But, like... No, no. He went full wolf on Wall Street. Interesting. I think he put on some suspenders, went up to New York, broed out with Leo, and is right now doing some cocaine off of Hooker's tits right now. Oh my god. I don't In know a good is... way. In a good way. It's, there's no way for that to be in a good way. <laughs> did you see Wolf of Wall Street? That was no, all in I a good didn't. way. No, I did not. Um, I... You don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know if... Never mind. I don't know if he's <laughs> ambitious enough. To to do that, I think someone in his frat, some frat connection, got him a decent job. But I don't think he's doing great. I think if he's motivated enough by money and girls, he'll get there. Oh, God. All right. Well, <laughs> I want to thank you all for uh, listening to this wonderful episode of the DCOM Duo. I would like to thank you as well. Um so are we at the time where we need to rank this movie? Oh yes, let's do it. So, um, I feel like I've been talking about how just utterly delightful this movie is. It's also because I really didn't expect it because I didn't know yeah. what was going on before this. Although I will have to say I have to give it an eight out of ten. Um, Oh, gosh. I, didn't, I did this before I had um, a good thing. I'm going to go 8 out of 10 cataract sunglasses. Ooh, okay. And um, the reason why it's not higher, and I really do want to give it higher because there's so much that I truly do love about this movie, but the third act just really kind of falls apart when they're... Tr- Notice how we haven't even talked about this whole third act oh. where they kind of cheat in order to, like... Make sure it made no sense team. why they didn't get caught. Yeah. People were flying. Yeah, people, people were, were flying. flying. Like, it just took so much out of the suspension of disbelief, and I don't think it really worked well with the characters. I think up until that point, like, it was just such a solid, um, more than solid, just really good, really tight story that just moved along at a really great pace with some interesting characters. And when it turned into that, it just kind of lost a good deal of credibility to me. I don't know. That's why it's yeah. 8 out of 10. Because I really did love this movie, you guys. I loved it. I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 Five Shades of Purple Skin. Oh, that was a hilarious scene. Yes, he puts purple chemicals on his skin to turn himself purple so that his classmates won't know that he's really Charlie. And he comes in in a wheelchair with a broken leg and uses this horrible voice. He's a really good physical comedian, too. He is. The comedy in this movie is just... Everything is so effortless about this. I love the movies. Um, And there's a lot of them. It's like a really good subgenre of movies that just flew under the radar but became your movie. 
Is that what this is? Yeah. Okay. Like, you you know you have those movies that, like, they probably only made $20 million at the box office, and they got, like, 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, but you just absolutely adore them and don't know why it isn't the biggest thing ever? Yes. That's what this movie is. Okay. It's a big decom that we were all missing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it. Well, anyways, guys, um, unfortunately, there, even though there was one good song montage, like, it's not really a song you play at the end. How do we want to end this episode, Danny? Kind of think. Come on. Um, oh, let's just put Emmy Rossum singing some Phantom of the Opera. <gasps> oh, my gosh. You guys, Emmy's life. Emmy, I, we could tell that you were going to be a big star yes. after this. And I'm, I think the world it's saw glad. it. It's glad. It's glad. So here's Emmy. Emmy Rossum singing Phantom of the Opera. Think of me. Think of me fondly when we've said goodbye. Remember me once in a while. Please promise me you'll try. Then you'll find that once again you'll. 